Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, Haunties, it's Allie here. Do you ever listen to our show and find yourself completely overwhelmed with terror by the end of each episode? If so, this week's sponsor is here to take the edge off and calm you the fuck down. This episode is sponsored by Vinterra Farms CBD products. No longer will you care whether you live or die after ingesting some of their excellent tinctures, gummies, and or vape pens. Make all your friends and family say, I didn't know you were chill like that, as you listen to horrifying tales of crypts and cryptids unfazed. Does a goat man have you cornered on an abandoned train track? Is a toilet ghost knocking on your bathroom stall door? Or maybe you took too much meth while trying to escape Nazis in the snow. Whatever your unique situation is, Vinterra Farms has the right CBD product for you. Dehaunt yourself immediately, not with sage, but with its cooler cousin, cannabis. For 15% off your entire purchase plus free shipping, head to VinterraFarmsCBD.com and type in promo code HAUNTED15 at checkout. That's V like Vostok, E, N like Necromancy, T like Time Travel, E-R-R-A, Farms, CBD.com, promo code HAUNTED15. Or just check out the show notes and click the link. Thank you for supporting California farmers and farm workers. And now back to your regularly scheduled haunting. Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 126, our final episode of Spooky Season. I can't believe it's already coming to an end. Me neither. And I can't believe this episode is already coming out because I feel like I've been researching it for such a long time. This is going to be a long one, guys. So I feel like an intro, if we end up having one, it's going to be short because we just really got to get into the story but I promise it's worth it this is a highly requested topic and I really put the back work into it I blew my back out on this one geez yeah so did you get your back blown out by a demon perhaps 
you know what what happened was is that I really wanted to make this particular episode well researched and logical because it was so like highly requested and there's so much information out there about it but I was just like too interested in it so I became feral as soon as I read the first article that I found that was written by an anonymous person who was protecting their identity from legal ramifications yeah I was just quickly led down this rabbit hole of illegal activity that was caught on tape and then I fell into an R hole of first person stories and creepy pastas well what the fuck now you have me hooked i'm ready to get spooked you don't want to know what an r hole is no is it a reddit hole yes so you know how like a k hole is when someone takes ketamine and then they leave their body and their spirit is supposed to be out exploring while their body is just this inanimate object it's like that but with content like you're just hunched over a computer for eight hours seemingly lifeless to the outside world yet your mind on the inside is racing and you're completely immersed in reddit content unaware of the world passing you by so i hope that i can take you all down the same r hole i love being in down deep in in our hole so i'm ready to hear all about this let's get into our holes yes (laughs) paris a city of romantic sights and sounds everywhere you look twisting roads lead to beautiful churches like notre dame and iconic landmarks like arc de triomphe these landmarks highlight the city's most recognizable dreamy feature lutetian limestone otherwise known as Paris Limestone or Paris Stone. But as above, so below. The mines where Paris Limestone was excavated lay dormant below the streets of Paris for centuries. Beneath the glamour and glitz of Paris above lay a dirty secret. Paris is built on air. 20 meters below the street, an ancient labyrinth of tunnels, caves, manholes, and metros threatened to swallow the city whole. A complex maze of passageways and rooms, most of which is unexplored and illegal to enter, winds over 200 miles in a Swiss cheese-like foundation on which the current fate of Paris rests. A Swiss cheese-like foundation. So it's not stable is what I'm getting from this. At any moment, disaster could befall the city of love. Right. Yeah. Our holes and now there's holes. There's so many holes in this story. In 1910, the Great Flood of Paris caused the Seine River to flood the streets of Paris for an entire week with almost 30 feet of water. On the outskirts of town, the water flooded the terrain directly. However, further inland, a complicated series of underground sewers, which served to insulate Parisians from having to look at flooding, were overwhelmed. The sewers backed up, which caused drains to overflow. Buildings were literally flooding from the inside out. At first, it was a spectacle, with Parisians standing in the street watching the water rise. But soon, the streets were so waterlogged that police firefighters, and soldiers had to use boats to rescue stranded people from second-story windows and distribute medical aid. Makeshift shelters were created within churches, schools, and government buildings. Workmen built primitive levees to hold the sin back, but the city was already underwater. Boats replaced cars. 
The metro was sitting under more than a meter of water, so government officials created a series of wooden walkways to keep foot traffic moving. I'm gonna show you some pictures of this flood because it's pretty crazy, I had never heard of it. What year is this again? 1910. I always forget they had cameras in 1910. So Natalia is showing me um, pictures of streets that are just totally flooded with water to the point that people are like, it almost looks like the Venice canals yeah. where people are just have these little canoes that they're taking to work. And then she's also showing me what looks like a makeshift pier made out of just like any plywood that they could find laying around. And there's all these people like really well dressed in 1900s attire of like top hats and shit just walking across the dirty sewer water on these little pieces of wood. Yeah, and there's a lot of images from this episode, so I don't know if all of these images are going to make it into the photo dump on Instagram at Let's Get Haunted, but if they don't, I'll post them to the Reddit, which is r slash Let's Get Haunted, and you guys need to fucking subscribe. That's right. This great flood only lasted a week, but the after effects would be devastating to Paris. Four years later, on June 15, 1914, a storm caused major sinkholes to open in Paris. More than 20 people were killed in the resulting chaos from gas explosions caused by the breaking of gas pipes during cave-ins. In the August 1914 edition of Popular Mechanics, an article reads, sections of some of the most important streets in Paris collapsed without warning, and according to reports, more than 20 persons were killed as the the result of a rainstorm of phenomenal violence that swept over the city on the evening of June 15, 1914. The most serious cave-in occurred at the junction of Rue des Bottes and the Faubourg Saint-Honoré, I have no idea if I'm saying these right, Honoré, where more than 500 square foot of the paving heaved and sank, carrying with it a number of persons that had taken refuge under the awning of a cafe. At several points in the city, a number of persons were killed and much damage was done by gas explosions caused by breaking of gas mains. To a greater extent than any other city in the world, Paris is undermined by a labyrinth of excavations, including the ancient and deep excavations known as the catacombs, sewers, ancient and modern, and numerous subways. The June storm itself lasted but three hours. And then here is a postcard that shows some of these sinkholes opening. And in that article, they were saying it was flooding. There was this crazy storm happening. People were taking refuge under an awning at a cafe. You know, they were walking on the street. It started this crazy storm. And so they're just standing on this awning, trying not to get wet. And the fucking ground opens up <gasps> beneath them, carries them away into this underground tunnel system no. that's flooded. And 20 of them died. That sounds like one of the worst possible ways to die because you how do you even conceptualize what's happening to you you're just standing on solid ground one moment and then the next moment you're underground swirling through a water river and yeah. sewage yeah you <laughs> it's horrible yeah and so this postcard is just showing like one of the main plazas and there's just giant sinkholes opened in it yeah. and people are just standing around looking in like oh where's that that's a sinkhole <laughs> that, that sure does look like a sinkhole to me yeah this seems pretty dangerous wow this wouldn't be the last time a sinkhole opened in Paris. In 1961, 22 people died when a neighborhood on the outskirts of town collapsed into the hollow ground. Here is a video. An entire fucking neighborhood collapses into the ground. Wow. So Natalia is showing me a video of, yeah, little kids just like covered in rubble and blood being pulled out of like what used to be their homes. There's all these like construction workers that are, yeah, they're just pulling. 
Oh, there's a woman who's severely injured being pulled from the rubble. It looks like an earthquake, like just a tsunami or earthquake hit them. Yeah, it's just catastrophic. So what is this hollow ground and why is there a city that's built on such an unstable network of drains? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was going to ask you, I'm like, what? Why? Yeah, why is there just air underneath this city? I've never heard about this in Paris, like there being a sinkhole problem and there is a huge problem and it's, I mean, it's weird. I've like had never heard of any of that, but I guess they're super susceptible to it because in Roman times and ancient times when Paris was this Roman city that was called Lutetia, there were open air mines that were all throughout what's now modern France. And both peasant and nobles were able to just walk up to these open quarries and use this limestone to build their homes and build buildings. Eventually, some of these buildings, you might even know of some of them, such as the Pantheon, the Colosseum, even Notre Dame, those would be made from this Lutetian limestone that's underneath Paris. But as the city became larger and they needed more stone to build, they had to begin digging deeper into the ground, creating closed mines. So these tunnels just began to snake down underground. And, you know, this was outside the city in the middle of the country. There was like no one there. So they were like, whatever, who gives a fuck? We're just trying to like, you know, build this shit for Rome. So sometimes these tunnels would eventually become used for storage. In 1259, a group of monks began using the catacombs as wine cellars. But as the 17th century began, the city of Paris had grown so much that the mines were no longer outside of the city. In fact, the city of Paris covered these mines entirely and they weren't very well like documented or mapped or no one had really like taken note of where these ancient tunnels were or what they went to because it was just kind of like hey we're building a giant building okay cool let me go out in the middle of fucking nowhere and just dig up some dirt and leave like you know they didn't really care about it so eventually Paris is over these mines entirely and they need more stone to build Paris so they keep digging these excavations deeper and deeper until the ground became weak and unpredictable. Cavens became frequent. The foundation of Paris was just this unstable maze that was in danger of collapse. And while the monuments above the street underwent strict inspections for building, like you are not allowed to build buildings in Paris unless they have been approved. And when we think of Paris, we think of like this beautiful white dreamy city. It's because it's made with that Lutetian limestone that's underneath the city. But underneath the city, there was no inspection going on at all. And it's really crazy because now in Paris, if you buy a home under Paris law, you not only own the ground above your home, like what your home is on, but you also own the ground below your home. So if your home falls into a sinkhole, you're responsible for the repairs and the city's not liable. Interesting. So you really have to like check that shit out if you're buying a place and it's priced really well. Make sure you check out like the homeowner's insurance I don't know stuff underneath it or you just fucking get sucked into a sinkhole and die in your sleep who knows today these unstable ancient tunnels are known as the catacombs and they form one of Paris's most profitable attractions each year over half a million people pay to climb down into the underbelly of the city and enter these tunnels but why Several reasons. But first, I want to know your opinion. Have you heard of the catacombs in Paris? I've heard of the catacombs, but I did not realize that they were originally mines 
to mine out limestone. I had yeah. no clue about that. I don't even know what I thought it was. I think I just thought it was like a like a weird grave, like the because people in France are so poetic that they were like, oh, yes, a graveyard is not quite good enough. Right. We need to have an elaborate system of tunnels where we just throw your body in and leave it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I feel like a lot of people have heard of the catacombs. And when we think of them, we think of those like weird skulls and bones, like all stacked. Yeah, like in the in the wall. Yes, you're exactly right. Not only are the catacombs a sinkhole risk to all who live above, but within these tunnels, there are the remains of over six million dead. Whoa. Some estimate as many as 7 million dead. That's right. There are currently between 6 to 7 million skeletons and bones stored in the catacombs. And for reference, there are about 2 million living people in Paris. So for every one person in Paris that's alive, there are three fucking dead people below in the catacombs. That is way too haunted. I can't even, how do you even get 6 million sets of bones to throw down there? Oh, I am so glad you asked. This story is probably one of the most haunted fucked up stories that I have told in a really long time and there's so many facets of it. There's literally like Adipocera is gonna make a comeback really? here which I know is your favorite thing. That it's such a cool word to say. <laughs> but also why was none of this taught to us in history class? This is like the the cool parts of history that I want to learn about. Because they don't let people like you and I be teachers. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Before you enter the catacombs a sign begs visitors to turn back. It says, Arrêtez, c'est ici l'empire de la mort. Stop. This is the empire of the dead. That's badass. I want a sign that says that. And I want it outside of our office so that the people doing taxes have to walk by it and explain to their clients what it is. (laughs) Some of the deceased members of this empire of the dead have been waiting patiently in the dark for over 1,000 years. A grim mirror of the famous paintings that reside in the museums above. The Paris catacombs play host to a different kind of art. Bone art. In a portion of the catacombs available for public viewing, bones are arranged into murals where decapitated skulls greet onlookers with macabre displays. Pillars of femurs and walls of humerus bones seem to hint at some twisted version of respect. These dark art installations are open to the public and even accessed by paid tour. There are poems and quotes etched into the walls. Some read, Wherever you go, death follows as a body's shadow. Another warns, they were as we are, dust, the wind's plaything, fragile as men, feeble as the void. And how about this little bit of food for thought? Where is death, always future or past? No sooner is she present than she is no more. Who the fuck is coming up with these quotes to put in this creepy underground bone dungeon? These are the fucking questions that I had asked and I was so hard to find fucking answers. And that is why I went down this R-hole. So I will get to it, but it gets worse. According to some sources, some of the bones are vandalized by graffiti from disrespectful visitors, some of whom even take some of the skulls home as souvenirs. 
what yeah you can't do that that's how you get cursed exactly and they'll take like human teeth out of some of the skulls they'll take jaw bones they just take shit home with them i don't know why they just did this shit bones have been chiseled and carved into by tourists walls have been scribbled on and in typical tourist fashions photos in poor taste have also been taken here are some photos of these catacombs so natalia is showing me a series of photos that you can look at at let's get haunted on instagram or you can go to r slash let's get haunted to see anything that she doesn't fit into the photo dump but it's literally a wall of skulls and bones so literally just hundreds of thousands of humerus and femur bones just stacked up to the point that they form a wall then this next photo she's showing me looks like something straight out of indiana jones and also a nightmare you walk in and there's just like a creepy looking bowl if you go to church and you've ever seen a baptism it looks like a baptism bowl and then behind it all lit up are again thousands and thousands and thousands of bones and then she's showing me the sign that says stop this is the empire of the dead in french and then underneath that there's a haunted ass man just standing looking at walls made up of bones it looks oh it's a pillar it looks like a like layer cake where all of these uh, leg bones are stacked at the bottom then they have a layer of skulls then more leg bones then a layer of skulls like it's very it's called the barrel it's called the barrel okay yeah it looks like a fucking barrel to me it looks like a cake or a barrel if you're picturing something that's like oh maybe Paris just had a lot of people die at once and so they threw shit down there that's not what it looks like it looks like things are like meticulously stacked on top of each other to form like solid objects right okay I understand it right like there's bones people die you need a place to put them but why the fuck did you like make it a tourist attraction why are you like stacking these bones artfully you know it's fucking weird it is weird and that is what led me down this rabbit hole so to understand that answer we first need to understand why the bones are down there so in the 1700s as Paris grew and became the center of art and trade and culture the population also grew and so did the number of Parisians who died each year. Back then, the dead were buried outside of the city. So today we embalm bodies before burial and this helps to preserve them. This helps with like the decaying process. It makes it so that they don't smell so bad. But in the 1700s, bodies were buried without preservatives. And anyone who has smelled the stench of freshly rotting roadkill knows the unpleasant reality decomposing corpses pose. So this is why those cemeteries were outside of the city. But just like the mines as Paris grew it eventually caught up with the cemeteries until the cemeteries were in the city. The famous Les Innocents Cemetery in Paris was the go-to cemetery in Paris for centuries. It's uh, translated as the innocence so I will call it that so that I don't have to keep butchering this beautiful (laughs) language. Victims of the 1300s plagues were buried there, along with any unclaimed bodies from morgues and victims of accidents. So millions were buried there. And I didn't realize this, but like a long time ago, if you couldn't afford to buy yourself a funeral plot or you couldn't afford to buy yourself a space after you die or you were homeless or you didn't have family or you were like a prisoner of war, you had just died from a plague and no one knew who you were, you were unclaimed, the church would take your body and bury it for you 
because oh. Christianity is all about these like underground burials, right? Interesting. That's so, nice. But the church is also profiting off of this business. It was really a way for the church to make money as well. So here is an image of Les Innocents Cemetery and you can see it. It's just right in the center of the city. So Natalia is showing me a drawing showing a large church in the middle of a plaza and it and people are burying dead the people dead, yep. the dead yep in this plaza there's also like a famous easter egg in one of the assassin's creeds games where they have this lay innocence cemetery there and i was trying to get a picture of it but um my computer like wouldn't let me because i guess like <laughs> assassin's creed is like oh they don't let you screenshot in yeah it like kept wanting to save it as like a web file or whatever and then i was gonna screenshot it and then i just forgot so i'm just telling you guys okay <laughs> well assassin's creed get on that because games become popular because of screenshots exactly by the 18th century, burial spaces in Paris were completely full. The cemeteries of Paris had become too full to function. So mass grave rotation was the only method of burial to keep up with the demand of bodies. Allie, do you know what mass grave rotation is? Is that where you dig up old mass graves and burn those bodies and replace it with fresh bodies? Yeah. Is it really? Uh, that was an educated guess. And I was like, that's way too haunted. Like, that's not going to be the answer. Basically, a mass grave rotation is where a mass grave is made. Bodies are poured in. They decompose underground. And then after decomposing, when they're just bones, the bones are moved to a different grave and buried, which leaves space for a new batch of decomposing bodies. And that's the method that Parisians use to keep keep the air from being overwhelmed with the stench of dead corpses. That's fucking disgusting. However, the church was paid for these burials, as we know, so they just continued to bury even when they no longer had the space for bodies. Funerals were held with the departed in coffins, but after the service, the bodies were dismembered. The torsos were buried with headstones, but the arms and legs were incinerated or thrown into mass graves with over 1,500 bodies of those who couldn't afford a grave plot. But soon, even that method was not possible. The mass grave rotation had to be sped up to accommodate the corpses. But the only problem was... Bodies hadn't finished decaying before they needed to be moved because in order to decay, they need access to oxygen. They also need time. So if they're being crammed in with a bunch of other decaying corpses, there's not as much oxygen to help them decay. And then they also are being lifted up out of the grave before they're done decaying. This means that these bodies were just haphazardly being buried everywhere. And after a heavy rain, rotten human remains and bones would start drifting from the cemetery into nearby residential areas near the cemeteries. Ew. Paris was becoming swamped with dead bodies and it smelled of rotting flesh. As the graves kept being opened, the ground became even less stable. Graves began to sink into the catacombs, basements, and breweries. According to one source, there were, quote, corpses everywhere, decomposed carcasses pouring into the neighborhood end quote. There was a food market right next to the Innocent Cemetery, and it began to smell so horrible that residents complained their wine was turning into vinegar and milk was curdling when it was exposed to this rotten air. Ew. They also said that fabric literally changed colors and meat rotted. No, that is way too haunted. 
perfume shops complained that they couldn't keep their businesses because the smell of death was overpowering their perfume products. Some people even believed that these weird chemical changes were not caused because of putrid air, but rather because the presence of dark forces made by disrespect of the dead. Finally, King Louis XV ordered that non-Parisians could not be buried in the cemetery. He had wanted to just close the cemetery entirely, but the church had intervened because the church said that they were doing the Lord's work. It just happened to pay really well to do the <laughs> Lord's work. The final straw was in 1780 when heavy rains caused the cemetery grounds to open up and rotting corpses spilled into homes, no. streets, and shops. A restaurant basement was literally flooded with decaying arms and legs as an overfull, unstable mass grave opened into the side of his building. Then King Louis XVI ordered all of the human remains in all of Paris to be moved underground into the ancient mines and catacombs. And that is how they got down there. But moving all of the bodies from their burial spaces into the underground mines was not an easy task. Logistically, the residents of Paris, they were Christian and they were opposed to the act of disrespecting burial rites. They were definitely going to freak the fuck out if they knew every single body in Paris was just about to be dumped unceremoniously into these old mine shafts. I, this is horrific. So you you could just be like a shop owner and you're just living your life trying to like make your soups or whatever the fuck right. they Eat do your, your baguettes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden on a rainy day, like a corpse just comes through your wall <laughs> and like falls into your soup. It's so absurd. That's why I'm laughing. But it's absolutely not funny because it's true. I've also never heard of a better argument for cremation. And I know, obviously, right. like, I believe Christianity, especially really strict Christianity, does not believe in cremation, right? Isn't it important to, like, have an underground burial? Yeah, and, because they want your, I don't know, it's something about, like, when Jesus comes, your, like, you body rise is going to rise. Yeah. Does that mean you're going to, like, reanimate? Or is your soul going to come out of the body? Maybe you can't burn the corpse because they want the soul to come out. I don't know. I don't know. But i so I'm, I guess I'm saying like I'm not trying to be disrespectful at all to like anyone who follows like a very strict like orthodox religion or like super Christian religion. However, this is the best argument for cremation because right. this problem, whole problem could have been avoided. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just some food for thought. Now I'm like now I'm like, should I be cremated? Like, I don't want my stinking corpse to fall through someone's wine cellar and like change the color of their clothes. <laughs> it certainly does make you think, doesn't it? <laughs> like I'm just causing problems for beyond the grave like no one wants that like imagine your soul like imagine we know nobody knows what happens after death right so imagine your soul does live on and you're able to come back and like watch over your hometown and then you just see your like naked decaying body Ugh. fall through someone's roof holy fuck no and the people who lived next to the cemetery they thought that shit was haunted absolutely like, yeah they absolutely. thought it was like literally haunted and they were like this is fucking haunted my milk is curdling my meat is rotting my fabric is changing colors. This shit is fucking haunted. This is like literally in medieval times. This is what they said shit was haunted did and it's doing it. Also imagine the mental health ramifications of just like seeing fucking dead people everywhere. Like I want you to imagine this cemetery is like a butcher's shop right? Like right. some of the people are getting buried there paid for a funeral and all of that and whatever but a lot of the people that are getting buried there have not and so there's no one there to be like hey you got to respect that right, corpse like advocate for them exactly yeah. so they're just like lopping off arms and Ugh. legs like cutting vegetables ah. you know how you cut a bell pepper yeah you like put it on its side and like cut off the end and the top and then you 
you like turn it upright and like cut around the core. Yeah. That's like what they were doing to these bodies. No. I, I, re- I rebuke. And meanwhile, there's just a fucking farmer's market next door. I know. Some poor guy's trying to sell his carrots. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, the stench of just like. He's trying to oh, sell his oh. organic lotions. Oh. Made no. from adipocere? You will be fucking surprised, Wait, dude. Wait, Okay. All right. You're I'm about listening. to find out. All right. So not wanting to freak the people out the bodies were moved at night so as not to attract the attention of these residents so they're thinking okay we're just gonna move these bodies while everyone's sleeping that's not gonna be scary (laughs) so they dig up the bodies in the middle of the night and they pile the bodies in wagons and then they cover the wagons with black cloths and then those wagons are escorted by priests who are shrouded in all black funeral wear and they're carrying candles and the priests are just next to this wagon of dead bodies chanting Office of the Dead. Now that their earthly life has passed, call forth your servants, we implore, who long to enter heaven at last to praise you there forevermore. As they roll the wagons to a hole in the ground, they tip the wagon, they let all the bodies fall into a pit. And then the priests head back with the empty wagon back to the cemetery for more bodies to repeat the whole process. This was happening all at night. So, like, I feel like that makes it so much worse. That, to me, it's it's such a disrespectful thing to just, like, throw a bunch of bodies on a wagon and tip it over into a hole. That it's almost comical that they're going through the trouble of, like, okay, I know this looks bad, but how can we make it look less bad? Let's have a priest dressed in funeral attire repeat a chant for every bucket of bodies we (laughs) dump into this hole. It would be like if you were just shooting bodies out of cannons into the ocean just for sport and then you're like no it's okay because first I'm gonna read like love is patient love is kind right I'm just imagining like evil Knievel but it's like a dead body and they like literally light the end of this cannon that has like stars and shit on it and there's like a corpse in it and they're like hallelujah hallelujah Okay. And the fireworks go off. Okay, wait. Can this be how if I die <laughs> That's how prematurely, can someone shoot my body into the ocean? I want it to explode in midair too, though. I want like red mist like everywhere and like I want to feed a, a, a whale. I will. Side note, remember there okay, so in Joshua Tree, there's supposedly this grave of I can't remember which like famous musician it was, but he died and then like his buddies were super wasted and they went and stole his body body what? off of a plane when it landed what? and they got a hearse look it up it's true they got a hearse they stole their dead buddy's body they took it to joshua tree and they just got really drunk around it and like danced and then like buried his body somewhere in joshua tree national park and like didn't tell anyone about it that is and got in trouble graham parson yes that is you guys i'm googling it right now because i can't believe that i'm not going to read all of it because maybe you want to do an episode on that in the future because that sounds like the scary shit I've ever heard but, but it was also cool. take my body at that point yeah take my body d- dress it up dress it up and ride it around in a chariot I think, though, they were doing it at the wishes of the person who died. So, like, his family wanted to have, like, a normal fucking funeral because they're mourning. But his, like, two fucking ratchet friends he was in this band with where they probably just, like, did ratchet stuff all the time were like, no, he said he wanted us to, like, dress him up and, like, do this and get really drunk with him. And, like, that we got, we owe it to our buddy. So if you're telling me this is what you want. Shoot me out of a cannon. I want to be dressed as Elvis Presley. I don't know 
why that's what's coming to mind though i want wow. you to dress me up as elvis presley with like a wig and everything oh my god and then i want you to stuff my body into a cannon mm-hmm. wheel that cannon onto a pier and then i want you to read the lyrics to all star by smash mouth yes. <laughs> and then i want you to shoot my body into the ocean i love that we have this on recording so when i am in jail like my <laughs> lawyer can play this recording and be like your honor she had made a blood oath yeah i'm saying i'm on the record right now please do that so this whole process of moving these bodies that were already dead into the mine shafts only took like a couple of years but the french revolution began and bodies began to pile up and so they had to like keep going back and refilling the wagons with even like more dead bodies and so this thing got dragged out until it literally took fucking 12 years so i want you to imagine 12 years like what if you were a child you just think at night priests roam the streets chanting prayers with dead bodies on wagons covered in a black shroud so now we're at your favorite part Allie. guess what happened when they dug up these bodies that hadn't been exposed to oxygen that were decaying under the ground from these mass graves did they just fall apart? I don't know. I don't know. When they started lifting the bodies out of these cemeteries to move them, they discovered that the human remains had turned to fat <gasps> due to lack of oxygen in overfilled graves. So much fat was found in the cemeteries that candles and soaps no. made from human fat became a luxury trend in Paris. No. And now I'm going to have you read this excerpt from a article that is talking about this human and fat. This was on purpose, not like, oh, accidentally, or like a scammer comes up and is like, free real estate and just like picks up all of the fat and turns it into soap, like, and then people buy it unbeknownst. Read the article. Okay. Or if you can't read it, I can read it. It might be too far. So Natalia is showing me an article that reads as follows. Human fat, candles, and soap. When the Cemetery of the Innocents at Paris was removed to the outside of the barriers, the buried corpses, which had accumulated to the depth of 60 feet, were found to a great extent apparently converted into fat. The substance of the skin, cellular tissue, and tendons, all the soft parts, and even the bones had completely disappeared, leaving only the fat, which, resisting longest influence of decay, oxygen, remained in the form of margeric acid. This human fat was employed to the extent of many tons by the soap boilers and tallow chandlers of Paris for the manufacture of soap and candles. The French are a people of fine sentiment, and they certainly carried the quality to a charming point of reflection in receiving light from candles made out of the bodies of their fathers. We loathe the cannibal, but civilization has features which, if not rendered familiar, would be as repulsive as the practices of the savage. Um, so, so that, they knew. They knew. They knew. And that was an article that was like literally came out during this time of this luxury human body fat candle trend. I love how they don't even try to not be haunted. They're just like, no, this is actually charming because now my dad is here watching over me in the form of a human fat candle as I bathe with a sponge. That is the way that you scar yourself for life. Like you go up to your child and you're like, oh, grandpa's now a candle. And then like, I would be afraid to light it. I'd be like, what the fuck? Is this literally my relative? Like if I light it and it melts and it just disappears and now I've like lost my 
family. And that article was trying really hard to be like, yeah, obviously cannibalism is bad, but like we are actually just as bad as the cannibals if we don't like try to have this candle made of human (laughs) fat be civilized. You know what? The candle is not as haunted as the soap. I'm thinking about it. Like you're just washing yourself. What the fuck? Fuck, you're right. That's How was that sanitary? Up. I'm washing myself with the broken down human fat of corpses that have been stinking underground for decades. And we've just finally gotten to them to pull them out. Even if you don't use the soap to wash yourself, even if you're uh. using the soap to like wash something else like dishes or whatever. Exactly. Still the same reasoning applies. It's so gross. On April 7th, 1786, the mines were consecrated by the Catholic Church and they called it the Municipal Ossuary. Later, it would become known as the Catacombs. And the reason they did this uh, consecration is because as the French Revolution took on and more dead bodies became piling up, this whole process became like a little bit more rushed. So at first, you know, during like the first few months when they were doing it, it was like, yeah, you know, put the black cloth over everyone's wearing the morning stuff we do the candles we say the prayer we empty these things it's like all very respectful but when you're on fucking year 12 it's just like put the bodies in the wagon yeah Uh, lord of the prayer hallelujah whatever bodies you know what i mean yeah and that's it and so there was just like not really much respect i would say by the end of it i mean i can't think of i can't think of a more haunted situation i'm gonna be honest so that's how the skeletons got down there but what i want to know and what you want to know and what hopefully the listeners want to know is why the fuck are they like arranged in haunted art formations right yes so the reason behind that is pretty haunted as well when napoleon took power in france he sought to leave his mark on the city napoleon believed that quote men are only great through the monuments that they leave behind end quote. And he took that literally. Napoleon created a number of grandiose public work art pieces in his image. And that's where the term the Napoleon complex comes from. So at the time of Napoleon, Rome was considered the hottest city in Europe. And Rome had the system of catacombs that were open to tourists. So people would go to Rome. Oh my God, Rome's so superior. Wow, fuck. I wish Rome would fuck me. Uh." And then they go to the catacombs. They're like, wow, Rome has catacombs. And there's like haunted like skeletons dressed as monks. And it's like super cool. And like I wrote a postcard about it and I've been to Rome yeah you know so Napoleon's like well fuck I want people to think that about France because that's where I'm ruling and I want to be the city that people want to fuck so he decides that France needs to have catacombs too so Napoleon commissions this haunted ass bitch his prefect of the sin Nicolas Frochot I don't know how to say its name it literally looks like Frochot (laughs) I'm sure it's not and the inspector general of the mines Louis Antoine Haricot de Thierry have no idea if that's how you say his name. It looks like Louis Entian Heracart de Thury. And those two bros turn the catacombs into something that people would want to see. And Napoleon's like, look, I don't know what you want to do with it, but just make it into something that people want to see, kind of like Rome. So those two guys bring the bones into the positions that they are in today. They wanted to design something to attract tourists, and they sure did. They brought other art pieces into the catacombs to help make the catacombs more interesting. At one point, there was a room showcasing all of the skeletons that had various deformities. So if it was like you died and you were like, you know, had like severe scoliosis or you were a hunchback, they would like put you on the wall and be like, look at that. I don't know how to feel about that. I need to ruminate on that for for the duration of this episode before I come to a conclusion. Right. Or like say you were born with some sort of like birth defect where I don't know, like you your appendages were like much larger or much smaller 
they would like take your skeleton and be like, wow, look, his arms are so short. Right. Or like conjoined twins. Yes. Or um, like somebody with an extra finger. Exactly. And they would just like made a museum out of you. There was also a room that displayed the types of minerals that were discovered during excavation, which was a lot less haunted. But it was almost like they tried to make it sort of like scientific, which is like gross. Neither of those rooms are still there today. There were even goldfish that were dropped into a pool down there that's called the Samaritan Fountain. And the fountain's still down there and it's still going, but the fish didn't survive. Apparently, fish don't do well in like complete darkness underground. (laughs) Who would have thought? There's stone carvings in the catacombs, including a miniature citadel that was created by this artist named Decolier. And they're still in the catacombs. Apparently, this guy died before his carvings were made known to the public when the catacombs literally caved in on him. Uh, some people say he's buried in the catacombs. Okay, so Natalia is showing me a what looks like a model city carved mm-hmm. into the wall. Is that yeah. correct? And the guy who built this died when the catacombs crashed in on his head while he was down there? So he had like a bunch of different carvings like this because they're trying to make the catacombs like interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're I mean, like, it's very interesting. Yeah, so they're like, bring in some fucking haunted artists. Okay, so they brought this haunted artist in and then as it's like a few days before his creations are going to be open to the public and like it literally while he was working on one of them the walls like caved in on him and he didn't survive cool story yeah it look i mean it it's just a lot it's a lot of opportunity for ghosts to just be living under paris Mm -hmm. and what happened to the innocent cemetery where the ground was so full of corpses that the air turned wine into vinegar well they threw concrete over the whole thing and they put a fountain on it and now you can go visit it here is a picture of (laughs) les innocence fountain wow okay so natalia is showing me a modern day photo of a rainy parisian street and then in the middle there's like a circular set of stairs going up to this like archway or like gazebo looking thing and then in the middle there is is a tiny fountain. I would have thought, you know, maybe like a bigger monument, but know to each their own yeah well it literally looks like a place people would get married like yeah, it's so it pretty and so um it's hard to remember that like wow this was literally a cemetery that was so full because there were church clergy like exploiting the dead that dead bodies flowed into some Ugh. man's basement it's so haunted so i asked some people on twitter if anyone had been down into the catacombs and because the catacombs a portion of it is legal to go down into and a portion of it is illegal to go down into it most people don't want to talk about their like illegal experience that makes sense yeah but i did have a haunty who told me about her public part of the catacombs experience her name is at fox on twitter so i basically asked if anyone had been down into the catacombs and she wrote i went to the public part it was fucking haunted as fuck though as you may know you have to walk like hundreds of flights of stairs down to where the catacombs are which which is already creepy as well. It felt like I walked for 20 minutes to get to the bottom of the city. It was during the day, and if you went down, it got dark and humid. It was a self-guided tour, and you had headphones on as you perused the catacombs. I felt so heavy because, dude, you're surrounded by thousands of people who lived centuries ago. There were closed off areas of the catacombs and they're shut out by these creepy ass gates. And as you peered through the gates, there was nothing but darkness. I think the most haunted shit I learned while doing the tour was back in the 1700s, the royalty of Paris would go down there and party. They had lavish parties and would hire musicians to play. You're not supposed to take pictures, but my dad is haunted as fuck and snagged a few pictures. (laughs) 
But yeah, it's really scary in my opinion. Just bones everywhere and bones surrounding your every move. I love how she's like, my dad's haunted as fuck because yeah. I think that's really just like a funny way to describe your dad because yeah. I feel like they are. They are. Yeah, parents are are inherently haunted. Yeah. One of the things people say about the catacombs is that it has this really strong smell. And it's also cold down there. It's 59 degrees down there. So some people think that the signs that are warning visitors, like, stop, this is the empire of the dead. They're actually warning them about the smell that was down there. Because back in the day, they used to think like, oh, if the air smells bad, it like makes you sick. Oh, interesting. Remember? Yeah. So it's like, stop. This is the Empire of the Dead. People who have been down there said that the smell smells like a mixture of dirt, incense, fuse, damp, old stone churches, and multiple cemeteries, which is uh, like, you know, those like trendy candles that are like, yeah. oh, this smells like an afternoon in uh, France or something. Swimsuit like run salt. Yeah, exactly. This one's a mixture of dirt, incense, fuse, damp, old stone churches, and multiple cemeteries. You know what? Sell me 10. <laughs> the official legal entrance to the catacombs, like the one that they fucking named and designated, is literally called the Gates of Hell. Why? Barrière des Enfants, the Gates of Hell. I don't fucking know. That's what I'm saying is like, okay, so yes, I understand. You're dead people. There's too many in the cemetery, so put them in the mines. Great idea. But why the fuck do you have to like turn it into a haunted attraction? And yes, I understand. Napoleon, he wanted to leave a mark. But why that? Also, why not just call it like oh you are now entering the home like the home of the, the ossuary deceased, or yeah the the, the mausoleum. The mausoleum, yeah. The, the underground cemetery. Or simply the catacombs. Why do we have to say right. hell? The the uh, memorial cemetery 2001 or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, in remembrance of those ancestors we lost. Just call it some weird, like, XXIVVV, you know? The caves <laughs> of the soap, people. Uh. <laughs> December 17th, 1774, a mile-long hole opened along a street called Rue des Enfants, which is the street of hell. Like the street is literally called the street of hell. Why the fuck would it be called that? Don't know. Why would people want to live there? Don't know. And then a mile long hole opened along this street and made it fall into the fucking catacombs. No. So like all of this haunted shit has led to major rumors in Paris that the catacombs are host to a portal to hell. Have you heard of the portal to hell? I sure have. I know that there are supposed to be portals to hell located in different countries throughout the world. I know one of them is in Stoll, Kansas, because we covered that two years ago on Halloween. So are you telling me there's another portal to hell and this one is in the catacombs? Yeah, I think this is the best portal to hell story I've heard yet. So we heard about what it's like and we've seen pictures of what it's like to go into the public part of the catacombs. But you might be wondering, well, what's behind those gates of those secret catacombs? Like, what's all that about? Yeah. And what about this portal to hell? Well, let me enlighten you. The two miles of curated catacombs represent a tiny fraction of the 200 miles closed off to the public. Whoa, 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 whoa. 200? Yes. I don't know. I, maybe I missed that earlier. Maybe I heard that and I was like, that's not real. So you can walk through two out of 200 miles? 
Yes. So remember how I told you that these catacombs, like these mines, were not very well documented because they're like ancient. And then as they were building them, they just kept going deeper and deeper and just getting shit and like not really mapping it out. So still, even to this day, we don't really know exactly how many more there are. And like new tunnels are being explored all the time. New stuff is being found. Stuff is caving in and changing all the time. So we don't really know like what's there and what's not. But it's estimated that there's around 200 miles that are currently like found and mapped well I guess I mean I guess I don't know what I expected out of seven million bodies I guess you would need 200 miles to accommodate that right yeah I mean I am not a professor in like bone uh, bone to mile ratio (laughs) (laughs) as if the bones in the catacombs aren't haunted enough the catacombs are rumored to home several dark forces both of this world and otherworldly. Curious adventurers called cataphiles wander through this unchartered maze searching, but for what? Disembodied voices are rumored to lure people away from the light until they lose their way and join the empire of the dead. Worst of all, what lies at the end of this labyrinth? Cataphiles dare speak of the legend, but what is whispered is that if you reach the end of the catacombs, you will find the gate to hell. I want you, Allie, to look at some of these tunnels that are closed off to the public. Here's some photos. Okay, so Natalia is showing me a series of photos that I assume were taken illegally. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm assuming these are not, like, curated by the French government. And it's literally just, like, dudes in street clothes with, like, spelunking, uh, like, Like headlamps. headlamps. And they're just crawling over these piles and piles of bones that are just thrown into like hallways and the scariest part to me is like so when you look at the like curated hallways and like areas that you can go into those bones are like almost bleached white and like scrubbed clean to like look attractive and appealing these ones look yellowy it's like what you give your dog yes it looks like yeah like rawhide like pig ears that you give your dog here's a video um by stalker on youtube that says the interdicted catacombs of paris illegal exploration and it's a video i've gone to a portion of it that shows you oh my god they filmed it yeah Love that. I honest, that's great. That's iconic. So I've sh- I'm showing Allie a portion where they go through these crawl spaces to show like how small and haunted this shit gets. Oh wow. Okay, so it looks like this is actually like probably kids in Paris like go into these areas because there's graffiti all over the place. You have to crawl through these like little tiny crawl spaces, but then you can enter a larger room that yeah, is like tagged up. Oh, wow. There's a party happening down there. So now these these the guy filming has like reached an area like a chamber where there's a bunch of people and they're playing music and it looks like they have drinks. There's more graffiti. Oh, there's like sculptures that people have brought down there. Yeah. So those are just like a little taste of like what these cataphiles are about. So they're kind of like adventure seekers. Like, as you can see, I feel like your average bitch doesn't want to go down into a muddy hole full of bones wearing a headlamp just because. You know what? I'm warming up to the idea. <laughs> At the beginning of this episode, I was like, fuck that. It's fucking haunted. And then now I'm like, no, that has, that's really cool. Because yeah. what if you are the person who opens the gate to hell? Yeah. Wow. Neil Armstrong was the guy that walked on the moon first you could be the bitch that opens up the gate to hell and like steps inside and then and then immediately steps back one small step for mankind one giant leap to hell 
for man's eternity for soap candles oh right exactly oh yeah that's what the shop would be called that sells the human fat soap candles it's called like one small step yeah (laughs) so things you find in the catacombs i'm gonna give you a list but first i want to give a little disclaimer so i feel like i have to mention some of the positive things that you find in the catacombs otherwise the cataphiles are gonna get angry because they're like get really annoyed with like people trying to make it seem haunted because because they're like i'm not a fucking freak dude yes you are and embrace it that's that's good good for you we all have our weird freaky interests and talia and i will find ourselves at 3 a.m scrolling through like r slash watch people die or like r slash morbid morbid reality reality or r slash crazy fucking videos where it's just like some person got run over by a tractor like sometimes why do i want to see that shit i don't i don't why do i want to see if it's as bad as i think it is right and then feel relief knowing that it wasn't sometimes i don't (laughs) even look at the video i just read the comments because i'm too afraid and so i'll just read how people have described it but anyway that's neither here nor there my point is just embrace it you're a spooky bitch congratulations to all the cataphiles there is art down there there are parties down there there are historic ruins down there there are old breweries there are new breweries there are current mushroom farms that's right yes you can um, eat mushrooms that are grown in the catacombs don't know why you would do it I don't think you know you're doing it I think they just do it no I wouldn't do that that's too much there are old hospitals there are giant carved miniature scale cities there's old monasteries there's people meditating and working on themselves I'm sure but that shit isn't haunted so if you want to learn about that shit listen to a different fucking podcast okay yeah like Rick Steves Europe did you ever watch that my dad used to it was like on pbs it was this guy named rick steves and he'd be like i'm here in the catacombs and as you can see the finest of wine is created here and you he never was just heard a rick haunted steves. man named rick steves yeah, two on. first names all right hold on hold on here we go it, i mean maybe hi i'm rick steves back with more of the best of europe this time we're exploring the wonders of paris Oh my god, he's so cute. I know. His like little lisp is cute. Yeah. Wow, I love him. He's adorable and he's just really enthusiastic about traveling and it's just like on public access. Well, we're going to go in the exact opposite direction (laughs) and we're going to talk about how the alt-right has meanings in the catacombs. No, Natalia, no. So one of the, yep, that we're starting with one of the worldly dark forces, the alt-right. In the past, Nazis had used portions of the catacombs as bomb bunkers and you can still see some of these bunkers today. These photos are of a perfectly preserved 120 square meter wartime bunker that was built by the French as an air raid shelter, but in the middle of being built, it was taken over by the Nazis while they occupied France. It can accommodate up to 70 people, and it even has a machinery room, a telephone station, a folding bed, oxygen cylinders for gas attacks. I'm going to show you some pictures. How fucking haunted is this shit? Okay, so Natalia is showing me what you would picture, like, in a movie when you think of... It's literally like Call of Duty zombies. It's, like, exactly that. Yeah, it looks like a movie set for, like, a Nazi bunker. Yeah, it literally does. So it's like a row of green desks. Everything's very, like, industrial, pointy, plain. So that is a bicycle that still works to this day, where if you pedal it, it powers and generates electricity. Oh, wow. Um, There's cots. There's electricity. There's lamps on the ceiling. Even more haunted, those bunker photographs came from a cataphile who somehow got permission to enter the bunker and photograph it, even though that bunker is closed to the public and it's preserved by the catacomb police. 
Honestly, it seems like that should be accessible to the public. Like they should set up some sort of pathway through it with like velvet ropes that you can't get past to like touch the actual artifacts because that is like a crazy piece of history. I had no idea that Nazis were just meeting in the catacombs of Paris. Well, I'm so glad that you brought this up. I was going to talk about it later, but I'll talk about it now for a second. One of the reasons that the catacombs are just like illegal and closed off to the public is because they have stuff like that in them, but France doesn't have enough money to like preserve things that like they have all this historic shit and they don't have enough money to preserve things the way they should. So there's actually like an underground group of artists called Leux, which is like, it looks like X, and they go around and like just anonymously restore shit. Instead of like tagging stuff and making graffiti, they will like sneak into a museum and restore an old clock that hasn't worked in 200 years. And then the police are like, God damn it. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. That's so, chaotic good. In 2002, a 16th district subway station light kept going out at random intervals. And everyone assumed that it was an electrical problem, so they brought in some mechanics, but the mechanics were like, uh, no, actually this electricity is being routed somewhere else. You don't have an electricity problem. It's just someone's using this electricity. So in 2004, the police decide to investigate this electricity being routed somewhere else, and they start tracing the wires. And they're following this wire path, and the wires lead down into the catacombs. The wires led police to a sign that read, building site, no action. Access. So the police proceed further into the catacombs and then they encounter a professionally installed camera which begins recording the police who pass through. The police at this point are sensing something's not right. They're like, okay, this could be like terrorists. Like, what is this? Yeah, you know? that's creepy. So they keep going further into the tunnel and then as they descend deeper, they start hearing the sounds of vicious dogs barking and echoing. And it turned out that there was a motion detector stereo that was playing a loop of guard dogs barking. And they realize like as they put their flashlights around that they're just in this giant 400 square foot underground cinema that could fit 20 people. There's tons of video cameras that are like monitoring the whole space. There's a giant screen, a projector, chairs, multiple films ranging from 1950s classics to modern Hollywood blockbusters. There's a fully stocked bar and a dining room, a piano, multiple televisions and speakers that are professionally installed with electricity and three telephone lines. Wait, in the catacombs? Yes. So the police see all this and they're like, okay, clearly these squatters are like profiting off of stolen electricity from the city via the subway system. So they like have to shut it down. But the scale of this underground cinema is so large that they're going to have to come back with a whole team to evacuate everything. Right. But when they came back, Everything was gone, and all they found was a note that said, you'll never find us. What the fuck? This has also been translated as, do not search. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's just like bandits stealing from the city. Right. So the cinema, it turns out, was run by Lei UX, which I told you about, was is the urban experiment. It's a literal underground French art movement that restores hidden and restricted portions of Paris that are historically significant, but they haven't been taken care of due to the lack of government funds. And those people are pretty psycho, but I also think that they're so chaotic that I like them. Yeah, I Be- like them. They literally break into museums and they steal 
keys and maps. They find schedules of guards who are supposed to be working, and then they walk around the museum proving that they could steal shit if they wanted to. They make a report of all of their observations of like how the security is fucked and the guards aren't doing what they should be doing, and then they leave it with the police as if to say, like, get your shit together because we could have robbed you. And then the police are like, what the fuck, and get mad and try to press charges, but they can't because they don't know who did it. You know, want to know why I like this? This is like a combination of Nick Cage energy, breaking into a museum and like stealing a key and a map with the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. But also it's, it's like, like those Hood. hackers that like hack into your shit for good. And, yes. they don't, and they don't steal anything from you. They're just like, hey, let you know, like this is the weaknesses that you have. And like right. somebody could, you know, your password's really hackable. They also break into places and clean shit. Like I told you, they restored that the old Pantheon clock without permission. And then they presented this working clock to the police, which hadn't been working for like decades and the police were super embarrassed so they pressed charges but they eventually dropped the charges and now the clock stopped working again because it needs to be wound and fixed now we're going to come to our next thing that you find in the catacombs murderers criminals and fugitives obviously it's illegal to go into the restricted part of the catacombs so people who go there are criminals by definition but there are also stories of sketch people who just wander the catacombs and like rob you or like assault you this next one i wish was a hoax but there are stories of people getting murdered in the catacombs the story i'm about to tell you trigger warning there's children and it's like literally a story of murder so yeah i mean how much more trigger warning do you need yeah in an 1845 article for the london journal the murder of two people in the catacombs is detailed the story was that in 1825 alexander franconard was a very handsome but ill-mannered man with his good looks and his charm alexander won the heart of a wealthy widow who had a three-year-old daughter with her deceased husband. Apparently, they had begun dating while the wife was still in mourning, as the French had a rigid etiquette for how long a widow should mourn, what she should wear, and the duration. This entailed wearing specific clothing for a set amount of time. So Alexandra was literally banging a lady dressed as a goth, which was pretty metal if you think about it. So this woman, she was rich, she was a widow, she wore expensive jewels, etc. The night her mourning ended, she decided to dress up so she's wearing all of her nice stuff. And her and her daughter want to go visit her boyfriend, Alexander, at work. Well, Alexander was a torchbearer for people who wanted to explore the catacombs, which was still legal until 1830. So the widow and her daughter went missing in the catacombs, and investigators discovered the widow and her daughter in the catacombs. The widow had been beaten to death with a wooden plank, and the child had been swung by her feet so her head was smashed into the rocks. Alexander was nowhere to be found until six months later, 190 miles away from Paris, a man dressed as a laborer was in a pub. A police officer asked the man for a light and noticed that there was a letter with the widow's name on it in the laborer's pocket. It was a letter from the widow to Alexander. This man was presumed to be Alexander and he was taken back to Paris and beheaded, but no one knows why he had the letter in his pocket. So they could have just beheaded a random guy? Yeah, I was thinking like, what if he just got framed? I don't know. Or just like found a letter on the ground and was like, oh, I'll read this later. I don't know. People do weird things. I yeah. could see myself doing that. And then they're like, oh, no, no judge or jury or trial or, or verification of your identity. We're just going to behead you. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe Alexander was trying to cover his trails and so he 
he like gave that guy that envelope and then like had it dressed on that and he was like hey this is like money in it or something or yeah. can you mail this for me that's true and then he like alerted the police and he was like hey i know where the murderer is he's over here regardless very haunted now we come to the fourth thing that you will find in the catacombs lost people what this is the most terrifying and talked about thing that happens at the catacombs getting lost despite angry reddit fedora wearing <laughs> mods alleging that it doesn't happen as frequently as you would think it does happen people have been lost and died in the catacombs sometimes they're under the influence are just excited and adventure a bit too far out unaware of how much time has passed but by the time they realize they're lost they're miles away from an exit Eventually, their light source goes out and they stumble around in complete, damp darkness for days, unable to find their way back out of the maze in the pitch black. Eventually, they'll fall into a well, hit their head on a low rock, or wander aimlessly until they starve to death, all in complete darkness. It's easy to get lost because some of the tunnels have plaques indicating the names of the roads above, but others do not. People who refer to handmade maps made by other cataphiles have the best shot of navigating these tunnels, but even these maps are not always accurate as the tunnels are constantly being sealed off or created. In the dark, it's easy to get hurt. Some passages are low or narrow. Some are so deep you can fall into them and break bones. Flooding can be up to your chin in tiny passages. Some spaces are entirely flooded and unable to pass. Telephone cables, pipes, and low-hanging rocks or jutting out stones can knock you unconscious or cause you to trip and fall. Cave-ins and collapses are rare, but they do happen. An exit or entry point can be sealed off while you're still inside. What? It's common to pass by dozens of sealed off exits as you wander through the catacombs and new seals are created each year. Just to see how easy it is to get lost in the catacombs, look at this partial map to see how confusing this fucking tunnel system is. This is like gives me nightmares. No, I t it looks like, have you seen those videos that have been trending on Reddit where it's like somebody poured molten concrete or something yes. into a ant an hill and then they excavated it and it's like way crazier and yeah. more intricate than you would think? That's what that looks like to me. Yeah, it's just like all of these circles connected together. And there's no rhyme or reason. There's no, no. like, you know, you think of like a plan for a city it's like oh the streets run parallel and perpendicular to each other and then in the squares where there's not a road there's a house or a neighborhood or whatever like no this doesn't look like that this just looks like the winchester mystery house <laughs> yeah you guys go check out these pictures at let's get haunted on instagram because it's fucking scary in 1793 philibert asbar was the doorkeeper at a military hospital called val de grasse during the french revolution one day, Philibert didn't show up for work. 11 years later, his body was found in the catacombs. Presumably, Philibert had gotten lost in the maze after his only candle went out and he starved. Philibert was identified by the buttons on his jacket and the hospital key ring that was still on his belt. But why? Why did Philibert go down there in the first place? Some hypothesize that Philibert was searching for the basement of a nearby brewery. Others say he knew the location of a centuries-old monastery where precious wine was reserved for holy occasions. Some even say he was found clutching a bottle in his hands. Whatever the case, he was only a few meters from an exit when they found his body. Oh, that sucks. Philibert is buried in the catacombs where he was found, 
Unlike the others in the catacombs, Philibert has a personal marker. It translates to, quote, in the memory of Philibert Aspar, lost in this excavation of November 3rd, 1793, found 11 years later and buried at the same place on April 30th, 1804. That is so scary to think that you could just go down there and nobody finds you for 11 years. Right. Like that really tells you how intricate it is because you you think it would be easy. You'd be like, oh, here, like, let's follow the smell of the decomposing body or like, yeah. oh, let's uh, like clearly it's the one body in the middle of the hallway right. that's like fully dressed and like has a key. But instead, it just is so intricate and hard to access and 200 miles that yeah. like it took 11 years. It's crazy. Well, some people who believe there are born nefarious people who are down in the catacombs think that perhaps his body was placed next to this oh. exit. I don't know. There's like lots of theories. But the re one of the things that we touched on was like how some of the exits will get sealed. Mm -hmm. Well, because the catacombs are illegal, right? You're not supposed to be fucking around down there. Right. So authorities don't have the whole thing mapped. They don't have the time or the money to do it. So they don't really know where all of the entries and exits that are being used illegally are. They have some of the keys to like the official, unofficial entrances but you know this is like an ancient system you can like tunnel down through your basement and get access to it right, right? that's true it's a good point a lot of the cataphiles are using these exits and entries that are just like not known by anyone so when officials find out someone's using this like unofficial entrance into the illegal part of the catacombs they'll seal it off that makes sense. So like you could be down there wandering around and if the timing just lines up just right and somebody reports, oh, there's an entrance over here to the police yeah. and they come and they could just seal it up while you're still in there. And now the only way that you know how to get into that section of the catacombs is, is no gone. longer accessible. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary as fuck. That's very claustrophobic. In 2016, two teenage boys who were 16 and 17 were rescued and treated for hypothermia after being lost in the catacombs for three days. Tracking dogs helped find the teens during what was a four-hour-long rescue mission. It's unclear who alerted the police that the teens were missing, and the teenagers refused to talk about any of their experience. Is it that they were trying to avoid legal punishments for them or their friends, or were they too scared to talk about their experience? This brings me to the next thing you find in the catacombs. Cataphiles. We've talked briefly about how cataphiles are the names given to people who explore the catacombs, but what is interesting about these people is that they're very secretive because exploring the catacombs is illegal. The fine for exploring is only like 60 euro or something, so it's not that big of a deal. Mainly, people are down there smoking weed, which is also illegal, and they're partying, according to sources that I've read. So cataphiles are like made up of artists, cavers, ravers, urban explorers, and they sort of just make the catacombs into their own underground place playground where they can like smoke weed which is illegal and like just kind of chill i mean that sounds cool on halloween each year they have this party called cata halloween 300 to 400 people gather in a room in the catacombs for cata halloween they have battery operated sound machines to play dance music and there's flashlights there's headlamps and candles that are lighting up the room it's supposed to be like a big rave which to me sounds fucking so terrifying because i feel like if it caved in and there was that many people yeah, it would just true. be horrible 
horrible, but whatever. Well, it also, I mean, it sounds really fucking cool if you ignore the possibility of a cave-in. And this episode is coming out just a couple days before Halloween. So right. if any cataphiles are listening to this or any people are traveling to France um, during the holidays and they want to attend this rave, we would love to see videos and pictures and we can keep you anonymous if you don't want the police to arrest you. Yes, that's true. So they also have cataphiles who go underwater and they call themselves plongeurs or diver in French. I'm going to show you a video of a French plongeur, but I have to warn you, there's, <laughs> I don't know if this is like the diver's words that have been translated and it's just played in English or it's like this weird fucking poem added for dramatic effect, but there's this like really haunted guy saying haunted shit. I, I'm just going to show it to you okay. because it's very haunted. <laughs> okay, Natalia is showing me another very claustrophobia inducing video. There's just a scuba diver. Resignedly beneath the sky, the melancholy waters lie. So blend the turrets and shadows there that all seem pendulous in air. While from a proud tower in the town, death looks gigantically down. Their open fanes and gaping graves yawn level with the luminous waves. But not the riches there that lie in each idol's diamond eye. Not the gaily jeweled dead tempt the waters from their bed. For no ripples curl, alas, along that wilderness of glass. No swellings tell that winds may be upon some far off happier sea. No heavings hint that winds have been on seas less hideously serene. But lo, a stir is in the air. A wave, there is a movement there, as if the towers had thrust aside in slightly sinking the dull tide, as if their tops had feebly given a void within the filmy heaven. The waves have now a redder glow. The hours are breathing faint and low. And when, amid no earthly moans, down, down that town shall settle hence, hell, rising from a thousand thrones, shall do it reverence. This is what I think of that video. I think somebody did this for their college film class and they mm -hmm. were like, this will be really deep if I like put this poem I wrote over this footage of a cataphile spelunking through the catacombs. Now, the actual footage of the diver is really fucking crazy to me. Like, right. Because he's in an entirely water-filled chamber mm -hmm. and it like cuts between, I'm sure Natalia will post this to either Reddit or yeah. Instagram, but it just cuts between like a drawing of, so you can see like kind of where he is on the map and then what he's actually seeing. And it's just terrifying. It's just like concrete chambers filled completely with water. And like you could drown or get nitrogen right. narcosis and just like never be recovered. I have mixed feelings about this because I've talked about how scuba diving cave systems is like really dangerous, right? Right. Well, at least if you're scuba diving a cave system, like sometimes you come into like a really big room and it's like, oh, this is cool, right? But this is like, okay, you're going to discover a rock, you know, right. like and sand. Yeah, there's not even any bones to look at. No, I'm happy that they have like this free fun way to exercise and explore. But on the other hand, if you die, you're going to die as a plunger. Didn't you say part of this used to be like a sewer system? Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's what it looked like. It looked like tiny little chambers, like concrete squares of space that are used for like sewage. 
Ew. But the water was very blue and clear, which was confusing. It's groundwater. Oh, okay. Which also has sewage in it. That's true. So now we've reached what I like to call the paranormal point of no return. So we've talked about a few things that you find down in the catacombs. We've talked about cataphiles. We've talked about lost people, artists, the alt-right. But some cataphiles believe there are other things down in the catacombs. Some people believe that the cataphiles are keeping their purpose secret. So like I've said, the cataphiles are like really secretive and they're like, I don't want to talk about this because it's like illegal. And they also don't want to like invite noobs down there to die and like make the government come seal up entrances. And like they just don't want people fucking with their shit. Right. Right. It's like territorial. If you're a surfer and you have like this good spot with all these good waves, you don't want a bunch of random people coming and fucking it up and leaving trash and like just riding your waves and like being ugly. Yes, that makes sense. Some cataphiles believe that keeping their purpose secret protects them from the law, but others say that the cataphiles purpose is actually to protect protect the catacombs. The cataphiles think of themselves as guardians, but what are they guarding? Or who are they guarding? Who are the cataphiles? Something interesting, which I didn't find personally discussed on any podcast that talk about this subject, is the idea of the cataphile. So a cataphile means a lover of the catacombs, and it's used as a way to denote anyone who enjoys exploring the underground catacombs. But within the cataphiles, there's a rift forming between true cataphiles and what they refer to as like tourists. There's a debate about who a cataphile is and what their purpose is. According to an anonymous source that I read that happens to call themselves a cataphile, the cataphiles are keepers of the order of the catacombs. Some cataphiles refer to themselves as guardians of the tunnels. Those cataphiles will call police to warn them if they see areas are about to collapse. They'll also alert police to people who they deem are not cataphiles, people who are looking for adventure, who are inexperienced, and they're at risk of getting lost. Some say that the cataphiles are squatters or people who live underground anonymously. Whether or not these squatters are friendly or not is also highly debatable. Cataphiles report that those living illegally in the catacombs do not wish to be found. And those cataphiles are said to steal maps from novices and throw smoke bombs to scare others off. One source mentioned that a smoke bomb was thrown into their room during a search as a means to evade discovery. But why? Why do cataphiles roam these tunnels illegally, trying to keep them in order? Like, what's in it for them? According to an anonymous cataphile source, cataphiles are those called to take care of, quote, anyone who is alien to this reality or who unconsciously happens to be inside this underground world, end quote. The same source worried that those seeking adventures might, quote, find misfortune, end quote, inside the catacombs. So what that person was alluding to was that the cataphiles that are like true cataphiles that don't want people going down there are doing almost like a public service by keeping the dangerous catacombs away from the public. Okay, but also how is that their job? I don't understand. I guess I would more understand it if it was like, oh, like we're protecting this space because we don't want people to come vandalize it Mm -hmm. and like we need to preserve this like historical thing. But it sounds like cataphiles also party down there. Well, if they're protecting anyone who's alien to this reality or who's unconsciously inside the underground world, they might be protecting spirits. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't look at it from that perspective. Right. Like they might be protecting spirits from the 
portal to hell or I don't know. I didn't make the catacombs. (laughs) I just reported on it. Remember the millions of dead bodies that were moved into the catacombs? Yes. Those bones in the catacombs were moved there without their consent. Some of them were taken as souvenirs by early tourists. Some of those skeletons down there are even belonging to people who worked in the mines to stabilize them. So perhaps some of those spirits are at unrest down there. I mean, all those people are dead for sure. Like the people that stole bones, 100%. And they have like a curse on their entire lineage. <laughs> what was the question? I can't, All I'm thinking about is how fucking haunted it is to have, take like a bone home from a graveyard. Right. I can't remember the question, but basically we're on this adventure where we're assuming that the cataphiles are protecting some sort of mystical portal to hell. Right. Or they are guarding the catacombs from outsiders who wish to close the portal to hell. Or they're protecting the spirits that are down there. They're like guardians of the catacombs. They're literal gatekeepers yeah. of the catacombs. <laughs> They're like, oh, you think it's interesting that this like space exists from a historical perspective? Oh, wow. I, I take a shit in that corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you just found out about the catacombs this year? Well, I know like 75 secret entrances and I'm not going to tell you about them. Yeah, it's that vibe. Yeah. According to the legends, at the end of the maze, you will find the portal to hell. This I love. Okay, I'm excited to hear about this. It's advised that nobody be caught in the catacombs past midnight, or the walls will start talking to them. The walls are said to whisper at night, luring people further and further into the catacombs towards the portal to hell. Even worse, this portal opens up the catacombs to be haunted by monsters, aliens, or other unknown creatures who use the portal to enter this world. There are instances of people getting lost in the catacombs and dying. Is this because the portal beckoned to them? Or did something come out of the portal to get them? Either way, dying in the dark, cold catacombs alone is its own portal to hell. Adding to the portal to hell rumor, the official legal entrance to the catacombs is literally called the gates of hell. And remember in December of 1774, a mile-long hole opened along a street that was called the Street of Hell. A lot of cataphiles are quick to shut this rumor down, brushing off the portal to hell as nothing more than a myth and boasting that the catacombs are just full of ravers and people partying. But I say, fuck you. (laughs) I know about your secret hole down there. I love the idea of... Like, if you stay down there long enough, like, the spirits can confuse you into getting lost. And, yeah. like, they call you towards what you think is an exit. But what it really is is, like, this the wall just opens up and it's <gasps> this doorway oh to hell. And you, like, step through and you can never find your way back. It's like a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So some of you haunted fucks hearing this and you're like, I'm going to go down there. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So you know the risks, but you're haunted and you still want to go. Well, here's what to do to get to the catacombs from the real cataphiles. Number one, secret entrance. You're going to have to find a way in. There are secret entrances all over Paris through sewers, the metro, and some manholes. And according to one source, some cataphiles even hold the keys to these official entrances and they organize parties to explore the catacombs through the access points. For several months, a section of the catacombs was allowing free entry into the museum area in Paris. Apparently, some cataphiles had dug through the tunnels and they found iron bars that divided the catacombs from the museums. And they just cut these iron bars (laughs) out and replaced them with false bars so they could go in and out as they pleased. Oh, how funny. 
But the catch is that nobody's going to help you get into the catacombs. I went to r slash Paris catacombs. And one of the rules is that there's no sharing maps or entrances. And people warn that anyone who offers to guide you down there is probably just going to rob you. Like they're going to be like, give me 200 euro. I'll take you there. And then you're going to show up. They're going to take your 200 euro and like hit you. I don't know. Like lead you down into the catacombs and be like, I'm leaving you here unless you give me 200 more euro to guide you back. Yeah. And one guy said that he had gone down there with someone who was like a guide that didn't rob him. And the guide was basically like, oh, the rules are don't take pictures don't look like a tourist if you don't speak french don't talk out loud don't let people know that you're not one of them and if people are smoking weed and they offer it to you don't smoke it and he was like why are they gonna like rob you or like hurt you and he was like no but just don't smoke their weed and i was like that's weird I guess, well, I mean, if you're super high and paranoid, maybe you, like, can get lost easier if you're, like, a tourist versus a regular. Oh, yeah. Maybe the the guide was just like, I don't want to deal with, like, a high fucking (laughs) douchebag again. Right. In the comments on r slash Paris Catacombs, people suggested that in order to get in, you just have to study YouTube videos and triangulate common landmarks and basically just figure it the fuck out. I guess it's like a rite of passage for cataphiles. If you care enough to figure it out how to get on in on your own, you earn your place of respect in the catacombs. So they say if you show up with a map from Google or you just look like a noob who's going to get lost and die, that the cataphiles are going to steal your map and force you to leave. Okay. According to one person who, who wrote in a thread on Quora, which I will have uh, linked in the show notes as one of my sources, quote, every person or group has its own secret access. If you stumble upon some hardcore cataphiles, they might take your map or break your torchlight. So you have no choice but to come with them as they take you to the nearest exit. The reason for this is that people who get hurt or people who have no idea what they're doing force the police to come and close down entrances so that the cataphiles have to find or make new ones, which is a hassle. To avoid looking like a tourist, there's some basic etiquette. I'm not here to tell you everything, but asking for names or how people get in is not rude. It's just improper. Entrances are kept secret because if one becomes too mainstream, it's going to be locked by the police and names are, well, let's just say everyone minds its own business. So you're not here to have small talk with people covered in mud. I want to know if like there's ever been a meet cute inside the catacombs where like a boy and a girl are oh there's like the guy is in the catacombs and you don't ask for names but they she's a tourist and she makes her way down there and she's like wow this guy's really hot but like I don't want to tell him that like he's hot because then I'd talk to him and he'd see I don't speak French and then Mm. like I wonder if there's a story where just like two what's a meet cute meet cute what is that it's a genre of movie. It's a trope in a movie, like in a rom-com movie, where the girl's walking into Starbucks and draw, spills all her coffee on a guy. And then, like, that's and then how he they sues meet. her? No, and that's how they meet. And, like, oh, isn't that so oh. cute? And, like, what a chance encounter. And, like, anyway. I, I'm imagine wondering... being hot enough that you spill coffee all over a dude and he thinks it's cute. Right, right. Well, but <laughs> I'm saying, coffee. I'm wondering if two people have ever met in the catacombs. Oh, and, for like, sure. But and, they were, like, muddy people who haven't showered in like days and they like smell like reek of bo and they just like are <laughs> fucking in dust okay but also i was just about to say speaking of fucking in dust wait how like, many people do you think have fucked in the catacombs a lot and do you think they've fucked in the areas that have bones 
probably like have they gotten boned in the zone you have they like used the bones no i didn't say each other no yeah you did no i didn't i asked if (laughs) you think that they have banged in the parts of the catacombs that aren't just like the empty rooms where the raves are everyone i need you to make a quote a beautiful drawing Uh. with that quote and it just says Allie under it. natalia's favorite (laughs) hobby is saying the most outrageous disgusting shit and then when everyone's like why did you say that she's like you said that not me (laughs) that is a very fun hobby (laughs) i feel like it's fun for us both you know the imagery that i'm getting of these dirt people like fucking in the catacombs (laughs) is like you know chinchillas how they like have to take (laughs) dust baths yeah and it's like really cute and yeah. they like go in a little bowl and they like yeah. and like s- like squirm around and they use their cute little paws to like wipe their face also i'm picturing people i doubt the cataphiles do this you know like a cat like uses a litter box yes i'm imagining the cataphiles as you're partying all night it's you've been up for 15 <laughs> hours you're on your like third pill of ecstasy you haven't eaten in a long time and someone gives you like orange juice or something but it's like laced with like more shit <laughs> i don't know and it gives you like explosive diarrhea but you're a cataphile so you're like oh fuck can't leave this place but i also don't want to shit in here because it's bad so they they go like find like a corner and they like use their foot to like dig a little hole like cats (laughs) dig in the litter box and then they like crouch over it and shit and then they like push dirt over it and like scurry away back to the party the most elaborate scenario (laughs) i've ever heard but it brought up a good point there's probably tons of piss and shit down there too yeah and is that disrespectful so these cataphiles that like hang out down there all the time and think that they're like guardians I was about to say guardians of the galaxy, but like guardian, guarding. <laughs> they do think they're like guardians yeah. of this galaxy. They're like, oh, I'm a soldier like sent here to protect these bones and this right. sacred land. Also, I'm going to take a shit in the corner because I can't leave. <laughs> also, I, mean, I need to fuck my rave girlfriend on the bones of these dead <laughs> people that got turned into candles. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to make a smegma candle yeah. and like use it to light my way. The last thing I'm going to say about this is that because the catacombs are like a legal to go into there's these special police that are called the catacops and like i said the the fine is only 60 euro and people rarely get captured by them but it's interesting because the police go in there a few times a week and they arrest up to 100 cataphiles a week and they say that it's like a game that's like hide and seek and i think it's kind of fun like <laughs> that is you're fun. running from the cops down there it's like a scooby-doo and yeah. like they're chasing you down a door and, and then, then you're you, chasing yeah them. exactly yeah, yeah. and yeah. then the devil himself comes out and is like keep it down <laughs> right <laughs> So that's my story of the I catacombs. love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I'm now realizing this happens a lot to me with these episodes where like you'll be like, oh, I'm going to talk about this topic. And I'm like, oh, I think I know about that. And then throughout the course of the episode, I'm like, no, I actually didn't know anything about that. Right. And I feel like that's what it was for this episode. So I want to recap because I feel like this is really haunted. Paris it's built on these underground mines. So the actual city of Paris is in like in danger of falling into holes and sinkholes open often. So that's like a real actual danger. Yeah. And then we find out that these mines are actually full of bones because the cemeteries of Paris were so overfilled with bones from these fucking gross ass burial processes of just like burying an arm for like a few <laughs> weeks and then digging it up and like moving it and putting a new arm there that literally millions of bodies 
were just spilling out into people's basements. And so they filled up all the shit and there was like these haunted priests like chanting this office prayer or whatever the fuck it was called. Office of the Dead. That's scary. That's scary. Yeah. And then they just dumped those bones down there. And then also Napoleon was like, oh, I want to be like Rome. <laughs> and he decided to have people arrange a six flags made of dead bodies down there. <laughs> Numerous people died doing that because cave-ins, et cetera, et cetera. And then there's cataphiles down there who are pretentious assholes, which is kind of <laughs> scary, but they're also could be like protecting you yeah. from actual who danger. Knows? Maybe that's their curse to bear is that people perceive them as pretentious and they're like, wow, this is like really difficult for me because I'm not an asshole. I am protecting the gates to hell. Wow. Wow. Maybe they're cursed to fulfill that duty. Maybe it's like something handed down from generation to generation. Maybe like their dad was a cataphile and then their dad's dad was the oh, cataphile right. and like all the way back to the time. Literally times. passing the torch. Yes. And what if that guy Whoa. who murdered those people was one of the OG cataphiles and he murdered wow. them because they were like bad people? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who knows? I'm saying it now. I know. There is a, a video that people always talk about when they talk about the catacombs. I am just going to say I think it's super lame. I think it's a <laughs> hoax. So I didn't even bring it up. But I don't want people to be like, oh, have you heard about this video? You didn't even mention it. You guys, I've fucking seen the video. <laughs> I If you believe that shit is real, you're a fucking idiot. Wait, what, what video? <sighs> no, okay, now you have to show me though. Oh my God. Okay, let me find it. It was for a show that was like on like the travel channel or something. Okay, so I didn't even write it down because I don't have time. If you just Google lost man footage, you'll find it. But here's the video. So essentially it was for this like TV show where it was a documentary series of a guy who's like going, like discovering the catacombs or whatever. And he finds this supposedly it was given to him by a cataphile. They had found this like 90s video camera somewhere that was like covered in mud and there was a video on it and they played the footage back and it's just this like dude like walking around looking at the catacombs and he's super deep in there and he's like in this places we've never seen before and then he like starts like acting weird like acting like he's being chased and it's shot like pov style and he's like running and then he sees this graffiti of this white stick figure on the wall and he gets scared and he drops the camera and then he just runs off into the darkness and then the camera is just rolling for like an hour or whatever oh so um, it's like found footage style exactly and so this guy who just happens to be on this documentary that is exploring the catacombs and a cataphile just happened to be like hey documentary man who's like coming down here to exploit my hobby here is some found footage for you to make your show more interesting and then he just happens to find the place where the footage was found and then he finds the graffiti of like the stick man but then he like can't find anything I don't know it could be true I could just be a dick but I am a dick so I want to believe it here it is okay I'm ready Ooh. Ah, what is what do the top comments say? I'm very interested. I want to believe that so bad. That would be so cool and creepy if there's just another lost guy in there. Top comment: Getting lost in Minecraft and not being able to find your house be like. <laughs> Second comment: Being in darkness and bones for hours will definitely make your mind play tricks on you. I think he just hallucinated for some danger that wasn't there panicked and dropped everything which you usually do when you fear for your life got lost and probably fell down somewhere and died next one the catacombs according to an article i read were made with cracks in certain areas that when the wind would blow even at very low speeds would create noise that's at a very low frequency that in today's scientific world is known as infrasound oh wow that's like the diatlov yeah pass. which can create a sense of dread or make you feel like there's a ghost or ghost around you and your eyeball will lightly vibrate causing you to see shadows out of the corner corners of your eyes and for that reason infrasound has been called 
the ghost frequency or the sound of ghosts. With all of that being said, this man was already lost in there, which in itself is scary enough, let alone have this phenomenon of infrasound happening all around you. The architects of the catacombs didn't understand the science behind this, but they knew that the sound of wind whistling through small cracks made people uneasy and afraid, but they didn't know it would happen even at the slightest amount of breeze running over the cracks. Anyways, he was panicked for several reasons. Wow. That's haunted as shit. This person says, why does he necessarily have to be running away from something? Claustrophobia can cause extreme and irrational panic. Also, just like wanting so desperately to get out could so cause you, you to believe panic. it. I want to believe it. Absolutely. Okay. I think it's a hoax. And here's why. Because I think that the story that they're trying to tell is because there was arrows on the ground with bones, made of bones, pointing. The story that they were trying to tell with this is the, what they, the conclusion that they wanted people to come to is that there is a monster down there that's eating people. I believe it. Yeah. And the arrows are pointing towards the monster. And that's why he's like picking up skulls and stuff like that. Because he's like looking at the victims of this like monster or whatever. I'm I'm envisioning and that in my white mind. graffiti thing is the monster. That white graffiti thing reminded me of my favorite movie ever, Pan's Labyrinth, where there's the white monster with the eyes in its hands. Oh yeah, fuck that guy. That's what it looks like to me. Like the graffiti for people who are listening and wanting to envision it. It looks like that white monster from Pan's Labyrinth, I'm putting all the pieces together, right? Like, yeah. here I am in front of my bulletin board. Here's a picture of the white monster from Pan's Labyrinth. Now I'm taking a string of red yarn and I am connecting right. it to entrance to hell. Yeah. Connecting that to the found footage. Connecting that to the infrasound. Connecting that to the weird pretentious cataphiles that are guarding yeah. the entrance. Why are they Connecting that to someone using the catacombs as a litter box yeah. at a rave. Yeah. Connecting that to somebody banging someone that they met in the catacombs but because it's a taboo to ask for people's names it's like a really tragic story and they can only ever see each other in the catacombs and never <laughs> above ground connecting that to you're a butterface and you go down to the catacombs to live your best life and now you're just going to squat down there illegally yeah. and you're going to be the queen everyone's going to be down because they can't see your butterface slay that is all very very haunted information um I want to believe that found footage. If anyone has more information, write in let's get haunted pot at gmail.com. If you have explored the catacombs, like the illegal areas, if you've had a weird experience down there, if you've heard some other urban legend that we don't know about, write in an email. Uh, let's get haunted pot at gmail.com. We read listener stories every five episodes, and this is very intriguing to me. Yeah. Great episode, Natalia. Oh, last thing I want to say is um, when I was in r slash Paris catacombs, I saw people get roasted who were like, can I, you know, help? Can you like do something for my podcast or whatever? So I like went covert and I was just like, anyone else gets scared by people they meet down in the catacombs? Yeah. And then that was the question. And then down in the text, I'm like, sometimes when I run into people down there, I get creeped out. <laughs> anyone else? It got upvoted a bunch and a bunch of people commented on it and they were like, no, not really. Like it's mainly just people like smoking weed or whatever. But someone was like, actually one time I ran into this one lady and she was just crossed like it's staring at a wall no. in the dark and like me and my <gasps> friends just immediately walked out of the room and left because it was just <gasps> like we did not want to fuck with that and I, in my mind I was thinking like maybe she was doing a litter box <laughs> she could have been doing a ritual yeah I don't know it's scary as fuck that's the scariest thing to me is to think of people going down there actually believing that there's this entrance to hell down there and they're not cataphiles they want to find the entrance they want to find the devil or whatever maybe they're doing like human sacrifice 
sacrifice. Maybe there's fucked up people. I mean, the Nazis used to fucking meet down there. They weren't that great, right? Lest we forget. Yeah. Yeah, There's literal sealed off rooms that still have all of the Nazi desks and paperwork. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a conspiracy also because why the fuck did the cataphiles get entrance into that room? And there are rumors that some cataphiles, like the underground art experiment people, they have gone into museums and like stolen keys and maps and stuff and had them reproduced. And now they hold the keys to some of the big museums or whatever in Paris. You know, if you get the right key to the right building that has a basement that goes down into the catacombs, you can have access to the catacombs now. It's like a conspiracy. I don't know why. It just is. I mean, it's definitely very haunted and I am intrigued. I want to infiltrate a cataphile group. I want to get down there. I want to find the bones of that man whose found footage we watched, who is now lost and deceased somewhere deep in the catacombs. What's that song by Frank Ocean that's like, it's lost, lost in a secret. L- like literally every song by Frank Ocean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine in your mind as you're dying, wandering through the catacombs, you're just hearing the soothing sounds of Frank Ocean making you realize that it's actually kind of nice to be lost in the catacombs. You know what? That sounds like a really pleasant way to go, all things considered. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, BRB gotta go get shot out of a cannon dressed as Elvis into the ocean for a whale to eat. Wow, love that. Bye! Bye.